from Alaska, Grim After Dark, starring John and Danny. This is Tricky Dick. Welcome. Welcome in, everyone. Uh, Joel Atkins, this better be a great show. I'm missing the Cowboys game for it. I don't know enough about American sports to understand what that reference means, but probably not. Uh, but hey, look, we can't all be the best in the tabletop game or best in faction, but with all the data slates, meta changes, is someone's ITC score in January worth the same as it is now? If we remember to get to it after the memes, we're probably maybe going to talk about it later. Who knows? Uh, my co-host today... Needs sir, some circumvallation. Uh, I have to start looking up these words now. It's Danny McDavid. Oh, I had the super delay like Valdez. Sorry about that. Wow. Oh, so, yeah, that screen is so large. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, if guys. Jo- if you're not joining us every Monday Night Live to see just how, I mean, if you, I'm assuming, if you look at our YouTube metrics, by the way, that if you're watching or listening no. to this, uh, you're between uh, 35 and 40. Uh, so you remember giant CRT TVs. Uh, that's what Danny's in right now is is my parents' television. Danny, how are you doing? John, I'm here. And uh, I'm glad to be here, in fact. Uh, shockingly, surprisingly, uh, I'm ready to talk about uh, some memes. And uh I'm really sorry that you're missing the Houston Cowboys baseball game, but you know we'll uh, uh, hopefully we'll get done soon, and you can get back to watching. I hope you DVR'd it. Yeah, yeah. Next week we won't interrupt any basketball. Don't you worry about. I think that. it's Quidditch. Um, Quidditch. Quidditch. Yeah. Well, yeah. Quidditch. Okay. Yeah. Now the the voice you're hearing is, of course, a superstar producer Dickie, uh, who is unaware uh, that uh, I am unaware. The well, uh, he's unaware that the the Quidditch professional Quidditch league has moved away from the term Quidditch oh. uh, due to the awfulness of the Harry Potter creator. So they've renamed it to something less offensive. And if I had prepared this joke ahead of time, I would have said something really offensive now. But anyway, yeah, it's called <laughs> Cumbrooms. It's perfect. No, 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 no uh, yeah, because you're you come over to the other side of the field. To throw the the ball into the hoop, <laughs> so it's ring, fair. isn't it? It's fair. Isn't it the, a ring? The game ends when the the person cumballs. Uh, so anyway, oh, this yep. one, <laughs> jeez, you can only do it once. <laughs> this one, though, Daddy, hit me really hard. Uh, as a meme you know, that you, I found here on Facebook, uh, has nothing to do with Quidditch. Um, it all depends on your refractory period, John. That's what's really the important timer. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a cat that's being interviewed. Uh, so, so you've been oh. playing 40K for how long? The cat's been playing 27 years. Uh, wow, you must be very good at it. And a very sad cat face uh, letting us know that no, uh, no, he's not good at it. Um, Danny, how long have you been playing Warhammer? Oh, let's not talk about it. <laughs> like 20, 23 years. Oh, oh God. 24 then, years. Like you really must be amazing. <laughs> yeah, follow up on that. Are you good at it? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Jeez. So what, in an overall way, do you feel you can do to to improve at Warhammer? Great question, John. Um, there's probably a lot of things that I could do that I choose not to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is the number one thing? Uh, that isn't playing more, but that you know you could do to be better, but you just refuse. Um, I don't know. I could like try and get super meta with my list and try and uh, like I don't know copy other people's stuff. I try and do my own thing a lot, and that's probably not the best strategy to be quite honest. Entire industries have been created uh, to let people copy other people's lists. It's true. It's true. Um, does it bother you? Uh, that someone like uh, a guest from a couple of weeks ago, Anthony Vanella, has played for less time than you've had that unopened kill team box in your study. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's and it's an apocalypse <laughs> box, John. Actually, oh my bad. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and then yeah, 
the the the, the, the apocalypse box so you know super cool can't wait to play that and then just never do i think that's the best way to play apocalypse is organize to do it and then just never actually do it <laughs> yeah i you know i tried to play once one time on film and uh, I didn't know I was supposed to be the rules expert for that particular game. And uh, <clears throat> uh, we stopped after like turn one and I'm like, how does that work again? I don't know. Let's read the rule book. And so we had to pause like a million times. I remember. Okay. So uh, that, that comes actually from a time uh, where Danny and I were doing mob rules um, and we had received the apocalypse box to review and you were playing a game of apocalypse uh, with someone else to kind of record a thing to show how great it's going to be. And I was there playing a 40K game, like the same person, uh, with someone else. And just remember turning around and you'd be like, look, I didn't realize I was the one who was supposed to. I thought you were understanding everything. <laughs> and just, you can tell when Danny's frustrated when he starts a sentence with look or a single word and then has to stop because he realizes what he's about to say. He has it's to compose rude. himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> probably great time say hey, we got memes though not just oh. little pictures of cats uh hard-hitting insight as well though as we're gonna go through this a little bit uh the votan have finally arrived on a wave of doom and gloom as an untested and powerful book is set to force me to wade through a bunch of 3d printers go burr memes um, until they release the damn fortress uh but the rules are out in the wild now with everyone who could get the box in the first seven minutes of availability snapping it up uh, but those damn germans again um are banning uh the votanians uh but this uh do you know why it was banned there danny John, the ban the Votan movement has gained a lot of momentum um, through this through the Germany's actions here. Um, although the my of vote ban, <laughs> the vote ban. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, this if, after that uh, selection of highbrow humor um, in Germany, shockingly, the country that is most open to so many different things and ideas. Um, uh, uh, no, well known for their their flights of fancy and whimsy, um, just ban the codex uh, outright. Uh, waiting until an FAQ is dropped for it. I think this is kind of a thing that they do quite often in WTC, but I think this might be uh, one of the first one of the first times a country has kind of unilaterally done this. So yeah, um, well, a, a lot of the European meta, of course, they're about six months ahead, so we will be able to see this uh, right. in, fact, in the U.S. in March. It's good prep for us, really. Um, but they do have that. If there's no FAQ for the book, then it's not legal to use in the tournament setting. Uh, you went a little bug-eyed on that one. What's your thoughts on no FAQ, no play? Uh, I think it's good and bad. There's definitely uh, there's definitely advantages and disadvantages. I think I probably weigh more on the disadvantages side. Um, I think it's really important to let people play stuff. And if it is broken, instead of waiting for an emergency FAQ when nobody's really sure what's really bad, um, th- that it needs to come out, it needs to be played, and it needs to be um, it needs to be banned that way, uh, rather than just kind of like a on site. This looks terrible. Like like let's make sure nobody gets to play this it, ne- it needs to be played for a bit um do you think there there's a thing though if we go to a, a meta of if there isn't an faq for your book you don't get to use it that we are not going to see maybe some of those combos that come out that are truly broken uh so a lot of the faq comes from kind of stress testing and a lot of players playing it where yeah uh art of war and other people who do those codex reviews can spot the one or two broken combos like right away out of the book uh, but generally when you have uh three four five hundred games out of a book mm-hmm. that's when the real broken stuff comes out uh wow. do you feel that you're sort of kind of handicapping yourself if you're not allowing it to play until it's been fixed if you don't know what you're fixing yeah, no, that's a hundred percent my point, John. I, 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 I totally agree with you. Um, I think it's kind of, and even if Camillary's in the chat saying this is what Germany does every time, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> the point here that I'm making is that, uh, like, and John has made quite eloquently, is that like it's really important to get a statistically significant sample size to determine what's good and what's bad. So, 
Um, yeah, I think I think we just need the time in the sun. Um, I am for ban- for banning pa- like partial bans, like for models that aren't released where nobody really has like good dimensions for things. Like, mm-hmm. I think. But what if I'm like ninety percent sure that's a hundred and twenty millimeter oval base, and I'm like a hundred percent sure because it's beside a blood letter that it has to be three inches tall. Uh, can I just three D print a brick? Yeah, John. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't be able to use it in an event is what I'm saying. Oh, that's fair. Always letting me go burr. Um, what about uh, separate from that and not about the FAQ sort of thing? Now, we've sort of seen this starting with Sisters, then we saw with Black Templars, uh, with uh, Chaos Knights, a couple of others. Uh, the GW release strategy of an army box coming first with the Codex, but the Codex not actually being available for a wide release right away. Should you be allowed to use a book that isn't available separately, or in the case of things like the Chaos Knights and the Votan, available at all? I have less of a problem with that um, just because of the pol- the proliferation of different areas where you can find the rules online without a charge mm-hmm. um plus the gw app is updated for this stuff too i believe so you could look up the stuff on on your official source if you wanted to see a stat block at least you'd be able to see that if your opponent had um that codex um i, I think it's probably fine i don't have a problem with that because and the, it's not like it's not released there's tons of these things circulating out um, you just may have to pay a little bit more money initially to get the codex than you would if when the codex releases for mass sale. Yeah, but uh, regardless of Danny's very nuanced and, and, and wonderfully uh, explained approach here, this guy is falling all around, as we kind of see with it with this guy here, uh, showing that uh, the the classic uh, Omni Man meme. Ultraman, Omni-Man, uh, showing the Leagues of Otan, uh, seeing what the uh, Admat can do with a fraction of their power. Um, the League has been coming across with most uh, YouTubers and, and reviewers saying that they're very powerful, and the very occasional Nanavati doing a counter-shill video saying that they're fine, uh, which like anti-clickbait. Never thought of it. I'm very impressed. Wow. Um, That's a whole new market, John, to, to tap into. <laughs> It is. I'm just going to do like the, they're probably okay, maybe. Just really like low self-esteem uh, takes. Um, but why are the leagues of OTAN so powerful and why is everyone sort of going off on them? I think there's a lot of new concepts in this book. I think they're probably some of the units are a little overtuned, like they're uh, oh, they're underpointed for what their what their abilities are i would say probably four or five out of the 12 <laughs> data sheets in the book are a little overtuned which is significant especially when these are entire units um so i think once those get fixed um i don't think it will be so bad i think it's a lot of like well they get to ignore a lot of uh, a lot of the rules of the game were a lot of like dice rolling <laughs> by auto wounding stuff with the judgment mechanic. So I, I think there's probably that probably doesn't feel great a lot of times. Although to counter that, I think there's a lot of conflation where people are like, oh, yeah, you know, this thing does like 20 mortal wounds or whatever. And it doesn't really. It does like like the land fortress with all the beam strats and everything else can do a lot of damage. It can do a lot of mortal wounds, in fact. But it's not it's not quite as powerful, I think, as a lot of people are letting it on to be. Um, and I, I think that there's a lot of resource investment there that people aren't accounting for. Like it's similar to the uh, to the Admech Knight uh, that does all the mortal wounds on sixes to wound, except these are a little bit more reliable ways to get that much damage on that model. So anyway. Yeah, so you mentioned the Land Fortress that's beamed up. What are some other things um, that people should be on the lookout for? Oh, sure. Super powerful yep. units for both. Land Fortress is very powerful. Um, uh, the Berserks, Chthonian Berserks, are probably one of the most insanely underpointed units in the entire game. Like, they trade really well because they have fights on death and they auto have reroll charges. They're super good in the Ymir sub faction because then that gives them an invulnerable save when they normally don't get a save at all. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a six up um them i would say the uh uh the bikes are amazing like what a great utility unit with a ton of like mid-range shots that do multiple damage 
And then finally, I think the Sagittar is really good. Uh, I think it's probably being slept on a little bit. Um, but like the six Sagittar list where you can break up the 10 man berserk squads into six five mans is like crazy powerful. Chat, <laughs> yeah. by the way, going crazy about the cum weapons. Don't of course. Think we forgot about Watch out those. for those cum weapons, guys. There's, yeah. You don't want to get into a sticky situation. <laughs> One shot per game. Yeah. Um, Again, refractory period, John. <laughs> is this next meme that we're going to put up here uh, is this accurate and if you could of course describe it in your your wonderful style for the benefit of the podcast listener all right so um is this cobra commander uh, i believe I'm, it is yes i'm just not used to him in black anyway so it's cobra commander um he's sweeping the legs of this dog and the dog looks kind of happy but also sad maybe surprised there's, there's no happiness on that face <laughs> right on one of its legs so it looks like cobra commander is either trying to sweep this dog off its feet or it's or he's uh trying to kick the dog and it's jumped over his foot that's a possibility anyway uh cobra commander is labeled with leagues of votan and the dog is labeled your dog so it's kind of i think supposed to be uh leagues of votan kicking your dog is the joke yeah i'm gonna give you uh what i see when i look at this picture Okay. That I'm happy he didn't pick up on. It looks to me that he summoned the dog from his holster like a Pokemon, and he's uh, throwing it out into the wild. Uh, maybe I get or, a better quality image, but he's that it, dog it looks is. so look, scary. Like he's scared. Look at him. Those big eyes. Yeah, he's been he in a Pokeball. And he's and and you see where he got hit by the leg. Oh. Maybe maybe that's just where Cobra commander's heel like clicked the like, no and look if you look at the airline behind his his leg it's like super far back he must have like <laughs> he must have had like a whole 180 degree kick oh, where yeah. he's going from like fully extended behind him to fully yeah. extended in front that's a cobra commander's got is flexible yeah he's he he went to ballet um however this person here is saying that they're not op and if you say that they're broken, uh, you're wrong. He says they are only broken to the simple-minded and cannot see as a challenge to learn how to defeat, to defeat them on the battlefield. That is good. Those one-dimensional players are leaving. Leaves more for those that want to play for fun, enjoyment, and meeting new people. Uh, someone replied with, tell me you bought dwarves without telling me you bought dwarves. And of course, <laughs> the reply was, I've been waiting for this army since 1995. <laughs> uh, which even uh, X Ennis Wilson says he's been waiting for this army since 1995, and he wasn't even born until 2015 it's um, true it's true <laughs> i figured just, it just kind of coalesced in a gutter somewhere i don't know that is the traditional scottish birthing period but um <laughs> you're just simple-minded one could say uh if you cannot see how to defeat the leaks of votan you are not even smart enough to understand the complex and rich humor of rick and morty um yeah. but danny is this guy right? Is this just sort of everyone panicking about the leagues, or is, is there some smoke behind this fire, or fire John, behind the smoke? Whatever. Clearly, everybody are clearly all these people are morons. Um, this guy's got it a hundred percent right. Um, I think we should probably listen to his advice um, and just be less dumb. You know, uh, he's got. I mean, he's obviously smarter than us. He's figured it out. Why can't we? That's true. Um, how? Okay, so I've seen a lot of of Mimi things and reactions online of they're really slow, uh, that they're easy to be. And then they're just choosing to willfully ignore all of the ways they have to move very quickly or just go to close combat with them and choosing to ignore the very good close combat units they have. But how do you, in your, uh, five headed mind, uh, how with 23 you, years of experience, John, your 23 years of experience. You're this cat in this moment. Uh, how do you beat the league? I'm the cat in what, which moment? The meme at the start. Oh, here there we go. go. Okay. You brought it up again. Yeah. <laughs> For, how do I beat leagues of OTAN? Yeah, plays oh, them. Easy. Hard I, them. I just, I just be better than your opponent, dude. It's the simplest thing. And then if you roll a bunch of sixes, you'll just win. Just stop, stop thinking about it. Just move all your models in the middle of the table and beat them. Just be better yeah. than your opponent and roll better than them. Danny, with that free classical advice of just be good, Jeez. don't be bad. 
Yeah, don't be bad. Be um, good <laughs> something I've noticed, though, with the league release is this has caused such a huge divide between people saying they're overpowered and people saying mm. they're easy to beat. Like, there's no middle ground here. I think you're giving one of the few nuanced takes. There's like, yeah, it's pretty thing. But most people are falling either side of the count. Why do you think that this is the army that's brought out this kind of split reaction? Oh. Tanya's got the real advice here, dude, in the chat. Bribe your opponent with cookies. <laughs> Boom. That'll, Job's that'll do done. Game's over. That'll do it. Game's over. Apart from Ziegler, who you would have to use Castrol, uh, Motor yeah. Oil, yeah. something like that, you would have to assume. There's some WD-40, you know, if his, if his neck is... Uh, would that be angle shooting uh, based on the ITC code of conduct? If you were to willingly uh, bring multiple boxes of Oreos with you to an event? Uh, no, John. Oreos are round, so it can't be angle shooting. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Man, you know it's good when we're back on some math jokes here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> Only if your opponent is diabetic, John, and you're trying to you're trying to get him into some kind of sugar high. So I'm just saying, it, it, you got to be careful with that stuff. Nurgle Matthew in chat saying the games instantly stop for fresh cookies. So now not only do I have to travel to Vegas for LVO with my army, my army book, I have to take an oven with me to Easy have bake oven, to, baby. to freshly bake. Uh, I have to find a, a 220 watt connector in the middle oh, of a hall. Just, I don't think it's going to happen. John, um, I got yeah. an idea. I got an idea. Okay. All right, hear shoot, me out here. Over. All right. Yeah. So we get one of those carts and we get a really long extension cord. For a microwave, and we okay. make everybody those coffee cupcakes Ooh. at the do table you feel, for all of our games. It's perfect. Do you feel that we would be uh, more or less likely to be canceled as a show <laughs> if our microwave tripped the breaker uh, that broke BCP oh. in between rounds in 2023? Probably be canceled. John, I think... <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's how remote databases work, John. But hey, look, I'm not an expert or anything over here. But yeah, maybe people would be mad about that. So maybe we'll hold off until we have our own power source. You want to go in with a gas power generator? It'll be fine. <laughs> you know, just like a car battery. Like we can just hook up the microwave. It'll be perfect. <laughs> Burn it down. Uh, anyway, the the number one sign to me uh, that the leagues of Votan uh, are in fact overpowered. Is uh, this picture I found here, which is Seth Oster, host of Signals from the Frontline. Hey, are we allowed to say his name still? Or like, I think we're yeah. maybe allowed now. I don't know. Okay. Uh, like, if we're not being canceled for the rest of the stuff. Yeah, we're right, good. Then we're not going to be canceled for this one. We're, we're, we're golden. Um, <laughs> you know what's really cool about this picture? Can I just what's say that? I like that Seth obviously has photoshopped himself to look more like the Votan with the wrinkled forehead. <laughs> <laughs> but i told actually seth this earlier today uh, that seth is my barometer of whether an army is overpowered because it's seth the mad dog famed orc war boss apart from that one time he took iron hands uh, when iron hands were really broken but it's okay because he went back to orcs until the tau codex came out this year and he went to tau but it's okay because he went back to orcs uh, until the league of Botan came out right now so if you don't follow Seth Oster on any kind of social media, you are not meta-chasing right. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. Oh, wait, the picture's not photoshopped. I don't think it is. No, it's a, that's the real uh, deal. That's the joke. That is the real deal. That is just his forehead. Uh, Danny, is oh, Seth man. a Warhammer version of the groundhog from the U.S. tradition of Groundhog Day? Where if he peeks his head out and doesn't buy a box, uh, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably a fair assessment, Sean. You know, uh, people named Seth are, are famous uh, for uh, being trend chasers and fair weather friends. So just remember that if you consider Seth Oster to be your friend. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and, and Dickie, keep that shot there as we see Seth beautifully uh, meta-chasing uh, with that League of Votan box. And let me go into my next question here. Danny, how's your Votan army going? Great. It's super great. <laughs> I also didn't have an Iron Hands army <laughs> or Tau army. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you're uh, just listening to the audio version of this, he very much did. Um, and actually, the exact same times that Seth had his. Um, but I had mine for longer. Seth was kind of a late adopter, let's put it that way. Yeah, that's fair. Well, he doesn't have 23 years of cat experience. That's true. Um, how does it feel to emulate Seth in your army choices? I would say it's probably more of the other way around. I would say that I'm more of an inspiration to Seth than he is to me. Um, although he has inspired me in many ways. You want to give um, us some? Take better care of myself. Oh. Um, also. <laughs> really? <laughs> Man, I'm just being really mean to Seth. Seth is great. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, that's I'm, I'm going to stop. I, I, I got to yeah. stop. Yeah. We do love Seth. Evan Veldike uh, in chat letting us know uh, the Votang can be beat is a quote from everyone who pre-ordered two or more boxes of <laughs> 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 Mark of Corn asking, is Seth about to start playing Warhammer Fantasy Battles too? No, he has to. Oh, jeez. John, I haven't even opened this yet. That's my second box. Do I, does that still count? Oh, my God. So it moving on, the important thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Danny, I'm, I'm really happy uh, that, that you did say the things that I thought you were going to say when I set this up. Because the important thing to remember is what I found in this meme here. It says, don't mess with us Warhammer fans. We hate everything, including each other. It's true. Hate you, Seth. Yep. Um, let's do something less serious for a few minutes. Because we've been pretty 25 minutes, right? We've <laughs> been so serious uh, well, for 25. Yeah. Less serious? The, the, the Seth or so, yeah. No, it was all 15. Proven beat on Reddit. Uh, Team Fortress 2 ship poster. I looked at your history. Don't leave your username up there. Uh, shared this on the Grimdank subreddit. Uh, saying... <laughs> Combine the name of two chapters and describe what their stick is. So, Danny, okay. I have a list of some. I've, I've combined some chapter names, and I would love for you to tell me what their stick is. Okay? Oh, yeah, I got it. Go ahead. Okay. So, we have the White Angels. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, pretty simple here. It's uh, just they're 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 guys who never stop cleaning their armor um so that they can appear as kind of a heavenly body they specialize in uh <laughs> they specialize in bathroom floors uh and also uh kitchens and uh tile they've got really good grout cleaning yeah the the white lords the, i'm sorry are all these just white <laughs> No, 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 please. Tell me what's the stick of the White Lords. Well, the White Lords were actually excommunicated for uh, deviant beliefs. Um, so they were purged by the Inquisition, by the Rainbow Warriors, in fact. <laughs> Fair. What about the White Fists? <laughs> uh, they're famous uh, for excoriating all the flesh from their right hands. Um, so they just have like a bony claw that they augment uh, with uh, augmentics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love yeah. it. Uh, word hands. The word hands? <laughs> yeah, the word hands. Oh, due to a select mutation, they're often very forgetful. Um, so they have to write all their <laughs> phone numbers and other information on their gauntlets so they won't <laughs> They get battle honors tattooed on their hand, otherwise yeah. they'd forget all about them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, good job at at us, at Saturnine. Like, like it's that kind of stuff. Like, like <laughs> not... Like, what the hell's a Saturnine? Yeah, <laughs> that? The Imperial Eaters... <laughs> A well-known, uh, a well-known chapter. Uh, they are. <laughs> if you ever need to get inside the mind of the enemy, um, they have the increased ability to uh, eat to know whatever they eat. So, like, mm -hmm. that's how they tell a lot of their stories. Like, they'll eat a hot dog and then they'll tell the story of the raccoon and a possum and giraffe that made up that hot dog. <laughs> and uh, like, they'll kind of like go into that as kind of one of that's one of their chapter the, bonding the rituals. First millennium. If you think those hot dogs are any part non-human, uh, you've been reading different fiction than I have. I have two more, and then this awful segment oh, okay. sort of um, the the thousand wolves. It's just a thousand wolves. It's like just, <laughs> just it's, it's, that's the name. There's no augmentation, no armor. It's just a thousand dogs. A thousand they wolves. Off. It's like little shih tzus and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
finally, this is not a death metal band. Maybe it is the Death Fists. The Death Fists. Okay. Um, well, it's actually a, it's named after a project. Uh, it's kind of a tribute to uh, Five Finger Death Punch. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Do they like to punch things? What a stupid name. They're just going to fist things to death. Um, it's almost as bad as if somebody had just like you know taken two random words and made a chapter like you know or or a legion like the Iron Warriors. What if, yeah. what what even is that? What a stupid oh. legion name, John. You missed the thousand children. children. <laughs> <laughs> Very actually, that is just the unfortunate byproduct of a league of Votan. It's <laughs> so good. Um, <laughs> the famous rivals of the thousand wolves, actually. <laughs> Children for a thousand children Their don't battles were fair quick as well and bloody. Honor duels. Oh no. <laughs> oh boy. Um moving on though. The Primarchs aren't getting off that easy though, with uh this meme I found on Facebook uh showing uh Angron is angry, ten out of ten name. Sanguinus is sanguine, ten out of ten name. Uh Ferris Manus has an iron hand, nine out of ten name, but he had to use Google Translate. Two of them. Horus doesn't even fuck a lettuce one out of ten an utter failure um i don't understand the lettuce bit i'm not that smart but which other primarchs danny don't actually match their names hmm probably uh probably korax that what that has nothing to do with ravens i don't even know why they would name him that it's like it doesn't even make any sense Corvex Corax, like that's not the scientific name for a raven, is it? No, I don't think so. No, but a squad of uh, them are called murders. Um, that's crow. The important thing, crow, raven, they're all the same thing. Uh, the important thing to remember <laughs> is that this ad exists, which I found online again on Facebook, um, showing the profession that is Ezekiel Abaddon uh, and his play, or Ezekiel Abaddon and his place in this real church band. And their album, Pumping My Organ for Jesus, uh, with Ezekiel on the accordion. Now, Danny, this obviously doesn't carry over, because Jesus isn't a a deity in the 41st millennium. So what is Abaddon pumping his organ for in the 41st millennium? Uh, Well, obviously, it's Henrietta Roanoke, um, (laughs) his famous seer, um, who you can see in here playing the accordion. Um, yeah. yeah, lovely. Uh, Evan again in the chat letting us know Egyptian Horus screwed a lettuce. Uh, which mm. mythology? Why? Why are you like that? Uh, um, which reminds me, actually, all of this thing like screwing lettuce, uh, pumping organs for Jesus. Uh, we really still we want to issue an official apology for this uh, joke we made last week about official competitive vibrating butt plugs from Arctic right. War uh, in sizes from extra small to extra large. Um, obviously, this is not true. As no competitive player would actually need an extra small butt plug. Um, Danny. We are old as heck. And to prove it, uh, hey, GW is celebrating 35 years of Warhammer 40,000 um, and 35 hours of total game balance by 2024 with an epic new mini. But sadly, uh, not the game of epic. But maybe, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, at this point, you're just adding tanks to Titanicus. And we'll be very happy with that. Um, so I can have another game that I don't play. Uh, Danny, what do you make Word. of 40K turning 35? Well, thanks for somehow making me feel even older than I already am because now I'm older than 40K. So that's a good feeling. Um, good. I mean, you still yeah. are, regardless of the age of 40K. <sighs> Anyway, so I just uh, I, I I can't wait to see what the future is going to bring. Um, who knows what the next Who knows what the next stage of this uh, of this game will be? Um, Brother, let's I, let's hold that up to the follow up question. There, holy cow! Um, I have to ask you first: Is every year of Forty K's existence a slap in the face to Warhammer Fantasy Battles? Oh Jesus! Look, John, there doesn't need to be this needless rivalry between these two games, between, you know, square basers and round basers. Like, can't we just all come together and enjoy this hobby? Like, look, 
just because 40k is checkers and warhammer fantasy is chess doesn't mean that you have to get all upset and and angry that you know like that warhammer fantasy existed and was a better game like it's all right it's all right so when you say warhammer fantasy is like like chess does that mean you expect the old world to incorporate modern chess tactics in its gameplay right john like a vibrating butt plug you got it (laughs) that's fair awesome um moving on to what you were saying there though uh mark of core by the way asking what's the point of a rivalry with a dead brand uh it's less of a rivalry and just me being a dick um i think that that's about it on that one there um but where do you see warhammer in, in 35 years Oh, God. John, if I'm still playing Warhammer in 35 years, I just want you to come and kill me. Please kill me. Just end it. Like, I just want you to to sneak into my room, put a pillow on my face. Like, just let me go. Let me go into the sweet, sweet, the release of death. Um, it's it's sweet that you think it's 74. I would have the strength to hold the pillow down. Just use your weight. Use your weight. It it's won't fair. be hard. Um, are in the future uh, are minis going to be a thing yeah hover miniatures hover miniatures yeah you can play the game in midair John it's going to be like back to the future uh, part 2 where Nick Nanavati is going to find a sports almanac uh, or a codex from the future and come back (laughs) and use that to uh, be first place in the ITC uh, every season. <laughs> Man, what a great use of that. <laughs> <laughs> really, really just decided to go for the absolute best value there for himself, like just to become an ITC champion. That reminds me, we should find a bookie or a Batman in, in Vegas who will let us bet on uh, LVO. Oh, yeah. I'd be down. Go that. from there. Came I like that. that. I will see how much. That's Vegas. They're going to take money in anything. Yeah. That's what will make it work. Um, I w- <laughs> the new model, though, uh, is beautiful. It's coming up right here. Uh, we're going to get a beautiful new Empress Champion that is going to be completely unusable in every game, uh, but fantastic looking. Uh, I love this miniature here. Danny, what are your thoughts on this model? Oh, it's a great model, John. Um, you love to see that orc getting put in his place, and that's in the dirt. <laughs> no more wah from that guy. There's a sword in his throat. That's right. Uh, do you prefer uh, special anniversary figures like this being more of a diorama-style miniature than uh, a single piece for game use? I just like this model. I don't care either way. I mean, it's fine to me. I think you could go either way with that, really. Like, the point of these, though, isn't to be generally appealing, I think. So probably a less game pose and a more, like, diorama pose is probably going to be more special for these kinds of models. Mm -hmm. How does this rank compared to the last anniversary figure, which was the Imperial Space Marine? Oh, do we have a picture of that thing? Because that thing is like no, we don't. real stupid. <laughs> oh, I don't have it in here. I really should have. Yeah, but like, yeah. Uh, for everyone complaining about the 35th anniversary miniature, please Google uh, Imperial Space Marine and just realize how wonderful uh, this guy is right here. Um, this is going to be a stupid question, Danny. Uh, will you be getting this miniature? Yeah, probably. Will you be selling the orc? So you can use use the model in your game? No. No, I'll be putting the orc as dead under some other, you know, appropriate hero space. <laughs> That's it, Mark of Corn letting us know. I think the sculptor just got a typo in the model and put the model on a tactical orc instead of a tactical rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. You guys are funnier than us. Why are you even here? Um Mainly, though, people seem to be a bit miffed. Uh, This person says it better than I ever could, uh, as he lets us know that uh, this he's upset because it is a uh, the model new model is Chapter Pacific. Dude, I hate the Pacific Um, chapter. What are your thoughts of this event model being uh, a chapter specific one? Everything we've seen up until this point. This is most likely being a space marine of some kind, but it hasn't had a ton of iconography on it. I think the last one I can remember having specific iconography was the the Games Day Blood Angel Captain. Um, 
Great question, John. You know, uh, so I think like I'm fine with it being a Black Templar. Like it's cool for them to get a model like this. It kind of reminds me of that really old school like uh, Emperor's Champion model they had for a long time. That was the guy mm-hmm. who was two handing the sword. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Dickie was showing us right there. It is not a chapter-specific model, because if you turn it a little bit, it is, in fact, an orc finishing off a fallen space marine. Just angle that head down a little bit, and that guy's ready to go. What about the Danny, sword? You don't look dude. like you believe that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's only like a slight flash wound to the neck. Uh, yeah, he's fine. probably fine. Orcs famously don't have necks. That's fair. That's fair. Necks, not very cool at all. Um, Pretty cringe in the orc community. Dickie, I know we said we would just keep making daddy progressively bigger, but you are incredibly large now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Danny, you send this one in. Uh, please explain it for the class. Oh, yeah. So there was that guy who... God, do we have the art for the original thing? Like, uh, anyway. Oh, my God. So <laughs> talk about your thirsty Warhammer players. So this is a Vindicare assassin using a Calidus assassin as a, a, a rifle rest for his Exodus rifle, but on her butt cheeks. And then her hair is flipped around somehow the rifle. I don't know. I don't know why she's flipping her hair say- around it. If her hair is flipped around in that position, he had to have slammed that rifle down so hard that she's broken her tailbone. <laughs> yeah, you broke uh, it off inside, John. My first question I have here is, uh, why? <laughs> I mean, I've got a lot of answers to that question, I think. Well, maybe not answers, but I have ideas. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, a lot, a lack of hugs from your mother as a child. Um, I would also say probably, I don't know, some type of trauma uh, in your past would cause you to make this um, a view that women are objects. I mean, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things Somewhere. wrong with. Okay. Somewhere there's a master's student at a college who has a 75 page thesis on this terrible quality print. I do want to point out this is a terrible quality print. I mean, all right. Um, Can I say one one more thing about it? Sure. Why doesn't she just morph into a rifle stand? That that is a question I have later on here. Um, But is this an ingenious use of available supplies or a write up for the Vindicar from his uh, handler for forgetting his tripod? I mean, he's definitely getting written up, but then again, <laughs> HR is getting involved. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's definitely going to have a, a record, a permanent record here, but like, keep in mind, he's utilizing his environment in the best way possible. So I think there's points for creativity for the Vindicare in this situation, kind of. Yeah. Um, this is now multiple sexualized Calidus assassins that we've seen mm-hmm. um, or have been sent to me. And so like, the downside of doing the show is my inbox is just filled with just trash. Um, does this kill your desire uh, for literally any more female miniatures to be made whatsoever? Because as soon as they are, someone is going to put an Exodus long rifle on them. I mean, it was going to happen anyway. So, I mean, John, there's a lot of really shitty miniatures out there and a lot of shitty fan art. It doesn't matter what GW does. Somebody's going to sexualize something about it. Like, nobody wants to see a sexualized war boss, but I've seen one before. I'm not happy about it. I wish it wouldn't have happened to me. Um, And I still drew it. (laughs) I feel Um, abused. Why hasn't someone designed a male assassin using his bio-enhanced butthole to study the gun? Well, John, to answer that question, you have to look at what the demographics of 40K are. Repressed. (laughs) uh, That's why I I asked that uh, question. (laughs) I I think, yeah, I think you kind of answer your own question there. Dang it. Um, well, we're going to move on, Danny, to, to our final sort of topic tonight. Oh, okay. Um, 
blog for the Blood God uh, is a place I do genuinely enjoy visiting. Uh, they shared a video with his thoughts on the ITC ranking system. Mm. And although in the comments uh, that he found it was important enough to make a video about this topic, he did say, responding to someone that uh, in the next slide here, he couldn't be our sending it into anyone and he's better just ranting about it online, which is a kind of self-reflection I can really appreciate. Um, we did try reaching out to Frontline about this, but at 2 a.m., the only one responding was Val. He just said he put it on the whiteboard and called yeah. it sport. Uh, the only <laughs> other person we could find uh, was this guy here, uh, who is, in fact, on our next side, a Washington State cannabis seller who sort of looks like Reese. Um, but I figured, Danny, we'd have a chat about it here. Um that's a real guy, by the way, in Washington. Uh, some people sent us to it. Or yep. Some people sent it to us. Uh, some disclaimers before we move, move forward with anything. Um, although Damn. we are sponsored by Frontline, uh, we are not Frontline. We hold zero authority or inner knowledge. I'm going to cite the fact that we've made Art of War butt plug jokes two weeks in a row. Uh, to show this. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, though Danny and I do receive review copies of product from Games Workshop, we do not have any say on how anything goes. We just get to read stuff a few days early. And uh, now with that out of the way, let's touch on some stuff in the video, which you should definitely check out on the blog for the Blood God channel. Danny, any more disclaimers you want to throw in there before we start ripping stuff apart? Yeah, um, because we have the tacit, the tacit approval of this individual who may or may not be Reese um, or Reese's biological twin brother. Um, you know, we've gotten some sign off on some sign sign off on some some segments that we'd like to pursue, like um, <laughs> bong for the bong god. Yeah, and and you know, honestly, some ITC branded uh, sex toys is another thing I'd really like to be moving into. Um, I think I think those neoprene mats, like what we do with them and what we could do in this industry, could really revolutionize things. They are waterproof, but now Daddy and I no longer receive review copies of product from anyone. <laughs> the show is also sponsored. <laughs> um the the video is is about 30 minutes long uh if listen to it for nothing else for the eight minute mark he almost gets in a car accident um but the three main points he brings up are uh how best infection is ranked how team events affect scores and how scores are calculated um He's mentioning here how best in faction is ranked is kind of his initial thing here. Um, if you're number one in a faction, say, so we're going to use his example he uses in the video, which is Chaos Space Marines. Mm -hmm. And he says a few times uh, that he was the number one ranked Chaos Space Marine player. When that book came out and that army received a significant sort of glow up from, from what it was before... Is it still the same faction, and is it fair to rank uh, Chaos Space Marine players playing the old book to Chaos Space Marine players playing the new book? I mean, I would say almost always those players are going to be at a disadvantage anyway, because the new book is almost certainly better. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's fair to have those kind of scores transfer over. I think that's fine. Um, but yeah. Uh, so that, that's the, that's the way I feel about that. I think it's I think it's okay to let those kind of uh, percolate and stay in the in the pool. It was they worked way harder for a lot of those wins anyway, probably. Um, mm -hmm. So it would be, so it, following that same logic, if a big FAQ or fact comes out for an army, are they the same army anymore? Probably not. Mm -hmm. um, so is it fair to keep their scores in the system? I mean, yeah, yeah unanimously, I think people would say yes. Something that's brought up here is if you dedicate your season to playing a faction, and then it gets kind of this glow up, like we've seen with Chaos Space Marines, like we've seen with Necrons, uh, Renegade Knights are another one that kind of comes to mind here. Uh, mm -hmm. Demons, where their book could just be toiletier trash, and it would still be an improvement in their old book. And then you have a bunch of... Uh, of really good players jumping on board. Uh, so like you, you have your Finellas, your Ennis Wilson's kind of jumping on after the book glows up. Is that fair for the players who played it when it was terrible uh, to be supplanted by, and this is going to make it sound like I'm leading the question here, better players uh, now that the book isn't bad? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Simple. I wouldn't use Ennis Wilson though. I have a hundred percent win rate against Ennis, and uh, I'm never going to let that go. <laughs> How many times have you played? Just once. Oh, perfect. Never play him again. Um, 
his proposed solution here, because um, I'll give him the credit that he actually does propose solutions and things. He That's good. Like to see. Yeah. Uh, because, hey, Internet videos, complainers, because, you know, I hate videos where they just complain. Propose solutions, even if you're terrible. There's there's nothing constructive about telling people something's bad and then just offering nothing in return. This guy, right. he offered opinions, and that's why we're talking about it here. Um, his proposed solution was declare at the start of the season your faction. Now, you can still generate ITC points for any faction for your overall score, but you only earn best in faction points for your chosen faction at the start of your year. Uh, Danny, uh, I have strong thoughts about that, but you are also making several head movements that the the crowd is being robbed of. What's your take on that? That's a fucking terrible take, John. Jesus Christ! What that is so bad. What? What? I'm, how does that solve any problems? What is? What is this supposed to do? Is it supposed to keep one person from winning two best in factions awards? Oh, congratulations! You gatekept that person who would normally have won multiple factions because they're good from doing that. So I hope you're happy. I think my issue with a system like this is it's so you can game this really easily. All I'm going to do is just I'm not going to declare until later in the year. We know which books are coming, you know. <clears throat> I'm going to grossly cough in here. We know what books are coming. I'll declare them or kind of we'll, we'll go from there. There's just there's a lot of ways around it. And then also, uh, guys, let me tell you, the, the, the rankings are very complex. And this adds so much complexity in there. And then if you, for example, email friendly and be like, hey, um, I declared this is my faction, but you actually put it as this, but it's like seven months ago. Right. What happens there? Uh, what are some other solutions that you can think of um, that you think would help overall with sort of keeping what some people might see a fairer uh, best in faction system? Well, well so, so I'm sorry. So what's the perceived injustice with the best in faction system? The perceived injustice here uh, for this video is that this person has been number one in Chaos Space Marines all year. Uh-huh. And now that it's a a good book, uh, other people are coming on and, and better players who have more access to larger events are going with the army and starting to leapfrog up when they haven't necessarily just they're kind of jumping flavor of the monthly. Oh, what a what a bitch. Like come on, man. Like seriously, like okay, get, people are going to switch armies and they can do that throughout the season. Like having a rule that like locks you into one army at the beginning of the season is beyond stupid. Like I don't want to play the same army for a year at events or like even what if I want to what if I want to switch up in the middle of the year? I mean, what you've done is no, he did a rule say that, that you can play whatever army you want. You just don't earn best in faction for it. Yeah, but why? But why? I don't. I don't understand what like the reason that he wants to do this is stupid. It, mm-hmm. So you, this is motivated purely selfishly. So because this guy feels like he's entitled to this best in faction thing. Well, hey, guess what, buddy? The army's better now. You better pick up the pace. Like, get good fast or don't play something else. Like, or don't care about your best in faction rank because it doesn't matter that much. Yeah. Well, we have here like chats coming in letting us know that casual just want faction loyalty to be rewarded. Uh, Beardy, the effing gamer is going to respond with uh, a very rude word responses, which I'm not even going to say on Twitch here. Um, But they do sort of have a a point where we're kind of seeing this divide here. But we're going to move on because, like I said, I don't think that's that's a genuine thing. And especially now that we're seeing more GW involvement with ITC, guys, it's a it's a GW thing now, pretty much. If I'm if I remember correctly, famously, they don't like restricting people, Uh, and any kind of restrictions aren't probably going to happen. The next thing that he talks about here is how team events affect scores. Now, Danny, uh, I know we're in America here, so team event uh, is more in... What uh, event is that? Five or more people week. come together. Um, <laughs> as our producer lets us know, the, the, the Las Vegas team tournament was what? a phenomenal success for Frontline Gaming uh, this past weekend. Uh, but it isn't as common as it is, say, in your Australias and your Europes. I'm glad it's getting a headway over here. But... There's there's some points in the video here that, that I want to go over, uh, Danny. Again, try and restrain yeah, your 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 confused face a little bit here. Um, but right now, team events for the ITC are scored with points based off of individual results. 
Is this a fair system for what you know of the team competition? Do you mean how team events are not worth that many points because it's based on the number of teams? Well, you're judged off your individual results. Now, a very negative example he gives where I want to say this is what I disagree with here. He says that if a captain will pair themselves more favorably to inflate their score. Um, If I could if I could take this one here. Um, no one should care about their ITC score enough uh, to screw over their friends. I think yeah. if yeah, if I went to a team tournament, right, Danny, and say it was me, you, maybe Taylor, maybe a couple other people, and no point is my finishing position and a fake league um, of pretend internet points important enough to, to screw up actual friendships, and the majority of these teams are, are very good friends. Um, so I don't think that that's going to be something that happens. He does propose an interesting thing, though, here, Danny, that team score counts, um, but in sort of a, a weird, complex hybrid system. So you kind of get half team score, half individual score. So you're scored based on your performance and the team's performance. I don't think that, yeah, I think that's bad. I don't think that they should just, I don't think they should score teams and in individual points. I think that's a bad, I think that's a bad idea. Like, I, I support teams being ranked. Like, but I think it's stupid to like rank a team event in individual points because that's not the point of team events. Mm -hmm. So I kind of see the point of this one a little bit more. That kind of makes more sense. And he does say his first solution is just don't use team event scores or have a separate scoring for team events. Yeah. Which totally agree with because like i said if i'm going to a team event a lot of the time i want to be the player who's placed into losing games because mentally it doesn't really bother me um i can frustrate and maybe eke out a couple points but it's not there to sort of win which is a tactic for teams um i don't feel that reflects my performance as an individual player so i personally just don't think that they should uh, impact individual results and danny you're getting a lot of support from chat for that opinion so good job one out of two um (laughs) the final point he makes here is how scores are calculated in general um now uh, he does say that he believes itc is a proprietary formula uh but he feels that this uh formula should be visible for all to see and it should be freely available so the math is is completely uh, visible danny what's your take on that why I mean, let them have the thing that they invented. Like, let them benefit from the trade secret that they've created. Like, they put a lot of money into ITC. I think it's okay for them if they want to keep this proprietary for them to do so. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if you subscribe to Frontline Plus, though, that does give you access to the proprietary algorithm. Um, but who knows? It's not a real thing. Please give us money. Uh He does say, though, larger events do give more points, but that might not necessarily be a fair system. The point that he brings up in his video here is the Australia Masters is a tournament where the 16 best players in Australia, and you know they're good because they won WTC this year. There's a lot of incredible Australian players. They meet up and they have uh, just a hardest balls event with the best players in Australia. That tournament is worth less uh, points wise than a 32 person random GT, even though it's it's necessarily a a harder event. You agree? So, so why do you think they should be worth less? I, I, because it's it's what a 16 person event. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so what if it's the hardest room? It doesn't matter. Like different places are going to have a different amount of difficulty. Um, if you want to rank it higher in the Australian tournament, uh, championships, like you're more than welcome to do your own ranking systems for Australia, but like, but they the, won't give away the algorithm, Danny. Dang it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you don't like it, get out. Is that the algorithm? That's the American yeah. one. Um, so, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. So like in this, in this scenario, right. It's important. It's important to remember that this is like, in, this is, this is an international uh, tournament circuit. Like that's, that that's what we're going for here. So there has to be parity at in mm-hmm. some ways. And unfortunately right now we don't have parity in the, in the way the tournaments are run or the tables are set up or anything like that. So if we can have one constant in the way that events are scored, I think that's giving us at least one thing that we can measure. Mm-hmm. So he does suggest a few, three different solutions here, um, which all seem incredibly hard to implement. But I'm going to throw them out here and, and okay. see what your take is. Dan. I can't wait to see what garbage idea he has next. 
<laughs> and I do want you to remember that I did message you before this and said not to go too hard. Oh, yeah, um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, solution one, uh, add the scores of the, the ITC scores of the players at the event. The higher the score, the higher the number of ITC points you earn for attendance. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. And look, this guy's idea seven all been bad. His team's idea was good. <laughs> the idea of don't do it. <laughs> yeah, don't do that thing. That's that, that's a good idea. I think that's valid. Yeah. Okay, so we like that idea, uh, adding up everyone's scores and kind of a higher prestige event being a better one. I mean, no, I don't. I don't think that. Like, if if you want to, if you if we were tracking ELO, I think that you could do that kind of stuff. But I don't know that. I, I just I don't think we're there yet with the number of people to do that kind of that that kind of a ranking system. Well, then I think my issue with that is it, is it weights uh, people unfairly. So say, yeah, if you have an A person RTT, but you want to make it huge points value, so maybe I'm going to pay Vanilla, who's uh, Vanilla's like what fourth, fifth, eight, so he's top ten right for ITC somewhere he's like in there. Tenth place, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to pay Vanilla 50 bucks to sign up for my tournament. So everyone's high scores are there. And then he drops round one or he drops after round one. What does that do for the overall score? Does it drop it? And then is that fair to the rest of the people who showed up expecting this kind of premier event? I just, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think that waiting events like that is good. I think you have to just take people as they come and rank based on the number of people and the number of rounds. Mm-hmm. I know I will say you're talking ELO. Um, uh, Chad's bringing up a really good point of the ever problematic ELO ranking system. Who has time to track all of that and why? I wanted to tell you, StatCheck, uh, of course, podcast that we, we love here. We love all the guys in that. There's three behind the scenes people updating that data constantly for pretty much free. Um, and then now we want to expand that to just thousands for everyone. Um, here we go. Solution number two, though. Your points for winning are based on your opponent's ITC score. So if you look at the game, Danny, where you beat Ennis Wilson, 100% fair and square, that score would be worth more because he was a higher-ranked player. Bad. Okay. Like, and here's why. It's because, like, the it's, it's because of random draws. Like, I mm-hmm. you'd be drawing against – a lot of times you wouldn't get as many points as somebody who is ranked against a more evenly matched opponent than if you smashed a baby seal, which I I, I mean, that's just part of the luck of pairings. Like, I, I – Yeah. And finally, his idea, and Danny, it just – go on, chains off. Um, when you beat someone – you get 10% of their ITC score. Wait. Okay, hold on. Let, let me try and understand this here. All right. Yeah. So is this like an anti-type situation? So if I play I you, I get to yeah, steal part like of your points? For pinks. So, like, you have a chip pool. Mm-hmm. And at the start of the game, 10% is anteed up on both sides. And if I win, I get 10% of your points. That's how you rank people? Yeah. So <laughs> I think the idea of that, while interesting, I think is going to lead to a lot of situations where people are going to gotcha each other. Like, oh, yeah, I can beat this one. I can beat this, like, well-known player who's very good, but I'm just going to try and gotcha him as hard as I possibly can, as much as I can, so that if I can get that surprise sneaky win, like, I get a boatload of points off of them. Mm-hmm. So I think that encourages bad behavior. Also, it's kind of a feels bad where if you play against and if you're taking 10% of his score, uh, current number one in the ITC is Jack Harpster from Art of War with uh, 1,409 points. If you were to beat him that way, and if he was say, to lose a game to you, uh, he would drop to ninth instantly in one Perfect. game. Which, uh, yeah, it just, it's, it's a feels bad. It's everything. Um, <laughs> Danny, what a, what a kind of like, so that's, that's all the real points from the video. Like I said, definitely check it out. Uh, I understand his frustrations uh, for, for whatever we've said for the past 20 Look, minutes or so. And you know what? It's important to bring these new ideas to light. Like if people have ideas about how to improve a system, the system's not perfect. So send them to this guy. Uh, he is uh, really receptive to, uh, uh, to any kind of new ideas revolving the ITC. Um, Little Reese uh, Rastins. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like uh, that. He said before I cut him off so rudely, send them in. Dude, like if you have ideas, <laughs> um, like genuinely send them in. And I'm sure there's stuff that can be worked on. Uh, generally, people are very receptive. <laughs> Escape from this cycle of putting a, a like a bright colored background and a shocked face like ah in front of your video and complaining about a bunch of stuff but never actually doing anything about it <laughs> yeah and he just damn we could have like a bajillion. dude i'm just i'm just i'm thumbnail city over here john i just feel bad because i sent her to him <laughs> so, so, so he has to look at her, her thumbnails all the time and i'm like oh man it's true um and so these guys sound like the GWFAQ, ask for ideas and don't change stuff, which I chat challenge you for. If you're asking for ideas and things don't change, um, that's still better than complaining and, and doing nothing about it. Uh, Danny, you seem, you seem to be stuck. Uh, we're going to wrap this up here. Uh, I got Dickie on out of here. What, what else do you want to add in here before we wrap up for the night? It's not, look, always solicit new ideas. I think it's important to have that exchange, but uh, call a spade a spade. It's important to, uh, to make sure that if you see things that are stupid, don't go along with it just because it's new. There we go. Perfect case in point. (laughs) Perfect case in point. That was, uh, is too loose a fit. Try the harpster. (laughs) (laughs) It's like literally the one I told you not to use. You never take any of the messages. Um, Guys, chat, our listeners, viewers, we, we love you all. Uh, truly, we do. Absolutely. And blog for the blog god is is a, is a really good thing. Yeah, like check I it said, out. I, I appreciate his passion. I really do. I was going to have him come on so we could talk about this stuff. Danny's responses have made me a little happy. I haven't, honestly, when we, <laughs> oh. I finally watched this video, um, I realized it was actually Tuesday morning in Australia by that point, so he would have already missed the show. Um, but... What, what, what do I know? Uh, it's just international time zones. Guys, it's an amazing show. Uh, we're going to be back next Monday. Continue to go over the highest highs and the lowest lows. I want to personally thank everyone who sends me just the most bizarre, weirdest thing that is even tangentially related to Warhammer. Like, guys, someone sent me a picture of a, of a weed dealer who looks like Reese. Like that, that's, that's the level Pretty of amazing. quality <laughs> yeah. that we're getting in our inbox. Um, but <laughs> we'll be back same Grim Dark Time, same Grim Dark Channel, hopefully. Um, thank you everyone for watching. <laughs> and as always, guy. it's always Grim After Dark. 